something tangentially related. Uh, when you know, you know, I have a TikTok, so I can make weird fan cams about my friends. Yes. Uh, but like on the Discover page, one of the funniest things I saw it was some, I'm assuming fan account for some random TikTok teenager. But the caption was, "She did not say the N word with like the angry face." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, All right, that's sick. <laughs> makes me think that maybe you did. Welcome to another sure-to-be-stunning edition of the Late Late Capitalism Show. It is, as always, one of four hosts. It's your boy, Jesse. And I'm throwing it over to my favorite couple in the whole wide podcast Discord chat. I am Megan. Dean is currently doing, for some reason, the, like, vagina-licking thing. I was trying to get her to laugh during your intro to sabotage Inappropriate. Also, we're going to swear if you didn't say that already. Yes, good call. Vagina is not a swear. You're allowed to say that. I, that's why I'm saying it after. And No, I'm she here. might pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm Chance. I'm going to introduce myself. Uh, and, and this week, we're kind of just going through um, a little bit of another news roundup because we've all had a, a very busy week and there's been tons of stuff going on. And we kind of just wanted to fill everybody in and all the crazy goings on really we love to fill our our listeners in mm-hmm. that's a well-known thing about us i hated that all right <laughs> that sucked get them off get them off the you show can't say my jokes like we're on the same show <laughs> <laughs> but i'm on the side of the audience on that one it's terrible I would, I would never disrespect our viewers by filling them to the brim i couldn't even <laughs> i won't give you more than one inch and that's the Jesse guarantee. <laughs> One inch, 30 seconds or less, or your money back. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. Um, yeah, so we're just going to fill you in on some news and some uh, standard crazy bullshit. I think uh, we should probably tell people what we're going to be talking about today. Um, two of the things we're going to be talking about. One of them is some new, uh, one of our favorite podcast guests recurring uh, character has a ton of news going on about him the other is going to be some golf that megan's filling us in on uh and then jesse has some some local news as well as just news in general oh, that he's gonna tell us i wasn't going to do the the super local one because i thought that would be a a bit of a bring down on an otherwise fast and loose episode but okay sure sure i may, sure. maybe maybe we'll cover that next week when the atmosphere okay, yeah, changes. We'll, yeah, hold your breath for that one. But I, I do have some completely strange and uh, completely, in the case of one of these stories, unhinged things to tell you from uh, Jesse's favorite world of sports. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna start with um, some good old anti-lockdown ruckus. Is Ooh. everyone excited for that? Yes. Yeah. I. 
I was thrilled. This guy has been putting in work, like nonstop. And this man that, that Jesse's talking about is uh, our good boy, Chris Sakacha, a.k.a. Chris Sky, a.k.a. Buff No Mask Dude or whatever. A.k.a. Mr. Rob Carbone wife, you know? Like, they are together now. We yeah. can finally fully confirm that. No, they're not. What? <laughs> no. Have they split? Yes. No. What? Okay. Let me. Okay. You. I've given up. I've given away too much. That's awesome. Okay. Let me tell you guys what's going on. So, Chris Sakacha, we've we've covered him many times before. Well, like three or four times so far. Anti mask guy, basically Canada's PewDiePie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like. Uh, he's like this big jank guy, and every couple of weeks, there's a bunch of like tweets that go around that are like, this guy who runs all the anti-mask stuff is also like a huge racist and here's every single post that he's ever done that's incredibly racist. We're canceling Chris Sky, y'all. As <laughs> well as his wife has just been missing for the last two years and he keeps saying that she's in China but nobody knows where she is. That's what? Aw- what a king. Holy shit. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. amazing. Have we checked his backyard? <laughs> so anyways, Chris Sky is now in the news again. He's usually in the news for dumb shit like, oh, he had a caravan that got stopped a couple weeks ago that was like anti-mask across North America. Mm. Uh, That's the one where he told the guy to walk back, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He told him to walk home uh, from from Ontario to like like BC. Yeah, it was like Saskatchewan (laughs) to BC. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, buddy. Um, And now Chris Sky is arrested again. And this has happened before. This isn't new to Chris Sky. This is uh, this is recurring. He loves jail. But, um, well, he's not in jail. He, he's been charged. No, he's just um, excited to get there. He's <laughs> out on bail currently until July 8th. Um, but he turned himself into the Toronto police on May 20th. And the reason why he turned himself in is because the police arrived at his home uh, on the 19th. The Toronto, a, a Toronto constable showed up at his house and Sakacha um, drove his car, like almost hit the guy, <laughs> drove it towards the constable and then drove around him and sped up the street. Um, and and you might be asking, why was the constable at our beloved Chris Sky's house? I think there's like a thousand reasons why that could yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why it could be but the real reason is is because he on at some point in time i think it was directly to our good friend rob carbone messaged him saying uh that he was going to murder doug ford all yes. of the premiers of canada yes as well as rob carbone <laughs> Oh wow. damn. So I'm so I'm trying really hard not to stand Chris Sky at this point. Uh <laughs> do we know we, what pushed him to this breaking point? Because this seems rather abrupt. So uh Rob Carbone, again, to fill you guys in, is the self-proclaimed Republican Party of Canada leader. Uh a party that does not exist but has no. made money. Um, it is run out of merch. his apartment. Uh, he he runs a fake trust like trust fund that only takes billionaire clients, but does not exist. Uh, yeah. Also got also married a, a Russian dancer who used him for a green card. 
And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we, we covered it in the episode. I think it was Macaroni Jabroni. Oh, yeah. No, we, <laughs> yeah. we went over both their origin stories. And, and Rob yeah, Carbone so has also become a jet setter during the COVID pandemic, although mostly he's been taking his wife to Mexico for stem cell treatment. Yeah, so if you if you want to get more in-depth on these guys' background, there's also Vice articles about how they tried to convince people that they bought the banks <laughs> That's right. in Canada. Because um, they bought the trademark to the name of the banking agency in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, means yeah, they yeah. own so the they, bank. They've, they've done a lot of bonehead moves lately, but uh, apparently Chris Skye is releasing a book, and there was some kind of a fight between Chris Skye and Mr. Rob Carbone both of them have been working together on this campaign trail for the Republican Party of yeah, Canada. Like, Sky is the financial backer, for clarification's yeah. sake. As well as um, Chris Sky's homeschooling network called Pod Schools, <laughs> yeah. where oh, you can yes. bring, bring kids to school without masks, yeah. and it's in his garage, and it's not taught by teachers. Pod Save Schools. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so... You know, they, they've worked together this whole entire time, and apparently Rob Carbone is mad at Chris Skye, and obviously Chris Skye is mad at Rob Carbone, and all of this is happening in the wake of Chris Skye dropping his new book. It's called Just Say No, and it's literally just about how you shouldn't wear a mask. I'm amazed. Okay. Awesome. Like, he's a trailblazer, the first Italian man to write a book. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> so he... um today he he made a tweet and he was like more smear tactics now i'm i'm front page mainstream media they really don't want you to buy my book sold like crazy yesterday and receiving rave reviews looking forward <laughs> to provide proving this false and showing the world carbone is a liar fraud and con Jesus. Uh, wait then so I'm says, sorry what did carbone do to impede his book we don't know oh he just tweeted yet. that Rob Carbone did something bad, and we're all just supposed to be like, okay, cool. Yeah, false allegations based on nothing but the word of a known, soon-to-be-proven liar, con, and fraud named Rob Carbone. Evidence and witnesses will exonerate me, and Carbone will be charged. It's really that simple. What I'm guessing is... Uh... Since Sky and Carbone are known to be like associates, when Carbone, or sorry, when Chris Sky made all those threats about killing all the premiers or some other kind of illegal thing, Rob Carbone probably just flipped on him and was like, I don't know who this guy is, but yeah, you should arrest him. Like, I assume that's what it is. Yeah, that's Man, fair. Fuck, dude. Like, first Bill and Melinda and now this. Like, oh my God. Romance really is just in the movies. So many dope people are getting divorced. This is fucked up. <laughs> also, it's really funny because he said his book sold out, but he also just dropped the numbers, and really it was like 300 copies. Yeah, that's, <laughs> well, well, that's all he said. That's sold out. Yeah, he's writing each one it's an, out it's an himself. E <laughs> it's an ebook. <laughs> you can't sell out of an ebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, he has to fax you all the pages himself. So, yes, you can. Because yeah. he's running out of paper it. to print it on. Yeah. He assumes the only way to send a book online is to put it in your word processor, print it out, scan it, and then send it. And then you have to throw the page away when it's done. He emails you each paragraph one by one. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's thir 13 emails. <laughs> 
Uh, it was actually 14 emails. Interesting. Uh, Apparently but- Rob Carbone just wanted, just went live and was like, uh, I love you, bro. No homo. Keep fighting. <laughs> you have thousands of people behind you and what? that have your back. The fuck? Wait, what? Saying that to Chris Skye. Yeah, and so then Rob Sky's still response loves him. is, Rob is a liar, con, and a fraud, period. Oh my God. Bad. Holy Bad. shit. Okay. Hear me out. At first, I thought, like, oh, this is a Bill Melinda thing. This is a Beyonce Jay-Z thing. Mm. What's happening here is it's all a big media stunt, the same way Jay-Z's cheating on Beyonce uh, was to sell copies of Lemonade. They're just trying to sell copies of the book by having this online feud and getting us so engaged. Like, I've already cried a couple times today. I don't today. know if Chris Guy is that smart. No, no, he is. I also is. don't know if okay. Chris Guy would go so far as to allege death threats in order to sell a book. Saying you're going to kill all the premiers is such an interesting set of death threats. Like, that's no one's ever said that publicly. I feel like that's awesome. Yeah, that's not a new even the one. prime minister, not even your yeah. mayor, just all of the premiers. Uh, let let me just say for the record, I'm going to speak for the whole pod here. Uh, death threats, especially against elected officials, never no, funny. No, no, never funny. Okay. Don't do them. Uh, we would never do serious. them on our podcast. Uh-huh. And uh, and you should we, call the police every time. <laughs> we definitely never just cut them out. <laughs> But yeah, so don't do it, is what we're saying. Don't do that. That's bad. Um, so yeah, so that's new in the world of like anti-masker fun. Ahaha. Um, again, the power couple, Chris Guy and Rob Carbone, have broken up. And, and Rob's trying to fight for Chris back. Let Man. me tell you what's going to happen. I know, I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. So in about four years' time... Uh, we're going to see a provincial election where it's going to be the Canadian Republican Party with Rob Carbone running to be premier versus the People's Party candidate Chris Skye. And we are going to get ooh, oh the greatest God. electoral race of all time. We're going to get the most mono, monosyllabic debates. Uh, they're going to have <laughs> to have it not even in Italian, but the best they can muster. There's no French language. There's no English language. It's just whatever kind of caveman speak these people can spit out. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, as of right now, Chris Guy just broke his court order that was letting him out on bail. <laughs> How did he, he, was he supposed to do that? I'm he telling you, this is a jail at... speed run. Yeah, he's going to be like Eugene Debs. He's going to run from prison. Yeah, he was, he was supposed to uh, stay home. And right now he is in Blind Bay, British Columbia. <laughs> wow! Yeah, I feel like he's left the, the province. You can ask to stay home. The one that's whole thing is I'm not going to stay home ever for anything. Maybe a bad guy to trust <laughs> to do that. Yeah, especially because he um, he like posted a picture of him in a helicopter, and it says, <laughs> "Who needs roads?" And the reason why he says that is because it's in his thing that he can't be in a car. He's going to get in that helicopter and go to the Amazon. Get ready. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. So this is like, this is currently breaking news. Uh, And and that's why I'm like updating you as it's going on. But um, yeah. Do you guys think that anything's even going to come out of this? Uh, I think that I'm going to funnel all of my money into bounty hunting Chris Scott. I think him trying to run, run down a cop. Yeah, it's like him running down, trying to run down a cop will get him in trouble. Everything else he's done, including the death threats, doesn't matter. That's but it's true. Like the, the second you try and, you know, make bacon before the pig is ready to be harvested, you know, that's problem for you. You that's can't be true. doing that's that. Like the, that's like the, the last straw, right? 
Yeah, and it's like, like the cops will 100% be on your side until you attack one of them. Yeah, you you bite the mouth that's biting your hand, I assume. Because uh, that's hot. That's Yeah, it is hot. Yeah, it's a real shame. Canada's brightest rising political star. In many ways, the <laughs> like bizarro world Justin Trudeau, and his he's been snuffed out before his time. Ain't that just the way? We're praying for you every day. Time for interlude number one. We're gonna keep this one pretty pretty short and sweet. What do you guys know about John Cena? Ba, ba, ba. Um, that's he was right. In train wreck with Amy Schumer. Yes, he that's, was also in cock blockers, where he tries to stop his daughter from having sex. Yes, trying trying to stop her from getting her back walls destroyed. That's right. Right, noble pursuit. Yeah. So John Cena for the uninitiated, which probably isn't as many as it is with most of the wrestlers I talk about, uh, started his wrestling career in the early two thousands, where. He came in from the world of bodybuilding, a very jacked, very horrifying looking man. He had a gimmick of being a white rapper. And then in 2005, (laughs) when the war on terror started, they just turned him into a Boston soldier guy where like he would wear camo and dog tags. It was very strange. He was like very, very, very much intentionally made to be a troop, even though he never served in the military to the point Mm -hmm. where they made the Marine a movie about a Marine and he starred in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty out of nowhere. He was also like the main event for oh like, my god shows. Yeah, where they would go to Iraq and and fight in front of the troops. Yes. Uh, so around twenty, I think it was twenty eleven. He was also involved in one of the funniest moments in American history when after a pay per view, a big wrestling show, he came out on the stage and he said, "Ladies and gentlemen." The United States of America has captured and compromised Osama bin Laden to a permanent end. <laughs> he was the one to break the news. <laughs> Literally, like, it was probably about 10 minutes, not even five minutes after Obama made that announcement, and the crowd just started chanting USA, and it was it was insane. It was so <laughs> funny. Uh, he spent much of the 2010s into now the 2020s, transitioning out of the ring into an acting career. As Megan mentioned, he was in Trainwreck. Dean mentioned he was in Cock Blockers. But most uh, impactful of all, he's in the new Fast and Furious movie, Fast 9. Ooh. So a movie like that, major global blockbuster, is of course going to require a lot of travel. And something John Cena's been doing in his free time over the past 10 years is learning Mandarin. Wow. Oh, that's sick. This is a smart man. He's actually apparently a pretty good, like fairly fluent Mandarin speaker. I hope this goes where I want it to go. (laughs) It very well could. During one of his press tours for Fast and Furious 9, he talked about how Taiwan would be one of the first countries in the world to see the film. Pretty innocuous, right? Well, earlier today, he had to walk back this statement and apologize to the Chinese people for acknowledging Taiwanese statehood. (laughs) (laughs) let me see if i can find the exact quote here that's insane that's like Uh, you 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 often see like as i'm no doubt sure many of you have seen a number of celebrities come out in support of palestinian people over the last couple weeks only to walk it back uh which is one thing uh 
for that conflict because then they can hide behind like oh there's conflict on both sides but when you straight up say oh that's this is a country and then you know the like the hegemony that controls that you know nation or state or what whatever is like no no you can't call that a country how do you walk that do you say oh sorry i misspoke like what does he say but also like taiwan be like though there's there's good arguments on both sides (laughs) <laughs> i i don't know a lot about taiwan but like they are considered a country are they not like the un and, and most states consider taiwan not in to their be a own state. country but like i know china doesn't consider them a state it's but a they very... would consider themselves a country and everybody else does too do they not it's it is genuinely complex but essentially it's like yes most places that aren't allied with the chinese specifically uh consider taiwan to be a country but if you have like dem uh Sorry, democratic, political, or like trade ties with China, you are not allowed to acknowledge Taiwanese statehood. Mm. Uh, it really is just the Israel Palestine situation in the sense that, like, you are not allowed to say the word of the other country that is a country and has legitimate statehood, or else uh, people will say you're anti Semitic or anti Chinese. You know how it is, you know how it be. So, this is what John Cena said. This is translated from his apology in Mandarin. Hi, China. <laughs> Maybe he was talking to the, the wrestler. You never know. No, it was black Hi, China. China. It'd be funnier if he was like, hi, Taiwan. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> hi, China. I'm John Cena. I'm in the middle of Fast and Furious 9 promotions. I'm doing a lot of interviews. I made a mistake in one of my interviews. Everyone was asking me if I could use Chinese. Uh... Movie staff gave me a lot of information, so there was a lot of interviews and information. This is a direct translation, so this isn't me fucking up. Said Cena, who started learning Mandarin to help his wrestling promotions integration into China. Uh, I have made one. I made one mistake. I have to say something very, very, very important now. I love and respect China and Chinese people. I'm very, very sorry about my mistake. His mistake being saying Taiwan. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I'm very sorry. You must understand I really love, really respect China and the Chinese people. My apologies. See you. Wow. So and, oh, he John didn't even Cena. say what his mistake was. No, of course not, because he's not allowed to say it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's really something. I feel like there would have been less drama if he hadn't apologized, but maybe there's a lot of drama in China, like, I don't know about, but... Well, here's the why? thing. Like, Fast, Fast and Furious 9, you may have noticed a trend in American blockbusters of tailoring movies specifically for Chinese audiences, because they mm-hmm. realized that, you know, this is the, the most populated bigger, country basically. on... Yeah. So, they have to make that apology, or else, uh, literally, China would be like, we're not going to show Fast and Furious 9 here. And, yeah. and that would cost hundreds of millions of dollars. That would cost billions of dollars for this franchise. So very sad to see it because I, I actually like John Cena quite a bit. But this cowardice will never be forgotten. Uh, his make-a-wish work, it's over. I have decided that John Cena's life is now forfeit for every, betraying No, it's just every make-a-wish uh, wish from now on is the kid going to be wishing for an all expenses paid trip to Taiwan? <laughs> it's, it's like it's like that that old thing where it's like is a Make a Wish child allowed to ask to say the N word and have it be fine? But this time is it? It's going to be can the Make a Wish child ask John Cena to say Taiwan and it be fine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish for John Cena to recognize Taiwan as statehood. A, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a red dot sight on the Make a Wish child's forehead. <laughs> 
told I, if I was John Cena, I would have just told China that uh, you can't see me, and then yeah. I think that's Ooh, a, 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 that's an ace card. Oh, he should have spun it around and been like, "You can't see Taiwan." So the last note on John Cena is he's been like basically retired, but he works a lot of like house shows, so live events when they're in China on a tour. And he adopted a new finishing move that he said was, quote, inspired by Chinese culture, which was worrying to me. I didn't like where that was going. Uh, but what he does, essentially, is he, he makes a fist and he does a bunch of Tai Chi, like actual Tai Chi maneuvers. And then he punches you in the chest and you, you fall unconscious. And it's called the lightning fist. And that is John Cena's new finishing move inspired by China. Right after that, you're rolled over by a tank. Uh, but, uh, ooh, hey, now, uh, yeah, I think you're, you're going to be seeing more and more of this. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's pretty funny that, you know, like this big jacked, like buff, like man's man, American who like represented all soldiers during the Iraq war is now like begging forgiveness from China. I, I, I think that that's, uh, arguably too on the nose for where things (laughs) are headed. What's interesting is, like, American media is still obviously caping for some kind of war with China. Like, they've been doing that for years. But Hollywood has to, like, be so mindful of China. It's a very interesting thing. Like, the two dominant aspects of American culture are so drastically different on this one singular issue. And it's very interesting to see those contrasts come to light. And, like, it'll be interesting to see, like, as, like, everyone is saying uh, in, like, the Times, the Wall Street Journal, what have you, like, everyone's gunning for at least a Cold War with China. Yeah. But, like, it, of course, Hollywood is very, very uh, uh, dependent on Chinese markets, but so are a lot of other markets that I'm sure we're, like, we just don't see, we're not even uh, as aware of. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where capital, uh, you know, falls on the china question will it fall along with the defense and military budget people or with the uh hollywood sickos we're gonna have a business plot but it's gonna be done by like hollywood and bitcoin people to overthrow Mm -hmm. the u.s government to prevent a war with china i can see it happening yeah i would love to see that just going through my head um like john cena was like the face of like the american troops so i just imagine now john cena being a hardcore tanky He's going to turn heel like Sergeant Slaughter did in the Gulf War. <laughs> He's going to come out waving the Chinese flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I dedicate this to the eternal leader, Xi Jinping, and then he's going to spit on the American flag. That's he'll yell yeah. into the crowd and he'll be like, Tiananmen, what? <laughs> That's right. We're praying. The first of two Jesse-themed updates. I'm going to throw it over to my dear friend Megan, though, for our next story of the day. Yeah, so I wanted to do a little bit of a dive into golf today uh, because um, when the lockdown was happening and you weren't allowed to do any outdoor activities, I feel like some of the most vocal people being angry about this were golfers. Yes, um, our, our favorite uh, kind of the guy. Uh, so let me take that again. Uh, our favorite kind of guy um, and definitely the majority of our listeners, avid golfers from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would also note it was hockey players that wanted to play golf were also very vocal about their disdain of the golf courses being closed. Yeah, they, there does seem to be an overlap. It's their summer sport. Um, so 
to to sort of cater to this golf courses are were opened this weekend so like as of recording i think they opened yesterday um which is a long time before hiking or camping or many other outdoor activities were opened like golf is not the only one that opened this weekend it was like tennis and things as well but i feel like golf was definitely it was definitely the headliner narrative of what was open this weekend so Um, I personally hate golf. I think golf should not exist. Um, It's one of the worst sports in the world. And I just wanted to share today why I feel that way. Mm -hmm. So um, Ben Adler from The Guardian was one of the articles I used. And so there's some stats from here. They golf courses use an enormous amount of water. They're often located in protected areas or places where water is already scarce. So there there should be no golf courses in Arizona. Yeah. And that's like, and there are hundreds. Nevada and Arizona are massive places for golf and they're building more golf courses all the time. Um, the British tourism, uh, some British tourism organization uh, that advocates for like just and sustainable tourism found that the average single golf course in a tropical country, um, so the one they used, I think, was Vietnam, um, uses 1,500 kilograms of chemical fertilizers, pesticides, and herbicides per year, and uses as much water as 60,000 rural villagers a year for one course. 60,000. Yeah, 60,000 people. Um, In the U.S., um, in water-scarce places like Las Vegas, uh, golf courses accounted for 28 of the top 100 water users in a 2003 survey. And I also learned from this article that um, it's tax dollars that makes water available in towns and cities in Arizona and Nevada and Utah and other places that are in the desert. So tax dollars are going to mostly golf courses to be using all this um, water. So that's what we're paying for, which is cool. Um, and in terms of stats, only 9% of Americans play golf. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's 50% of everybody <laughs> are using these or anything like that. Um, and, uh, th- that 9% being, you know, the petite bourgeois. Yeah, it's obviously yeah. all upper middle class and, and upper class people. So, And I'll get to a bit why it's seen as like a rich person sport. But um, on average, it uses 150 acres to make one golf course. It is spreading globally as like um, a favorite sport amongst rich people. Um, this article was asserting you don't have to be in shape at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and I actually Googled like, why is it so popular amongst rich people? And some of it was that you don't have to be fit. You can be really good at it yeah. when you're old. There's um, no cardio. Yeah, the, yeah. you're there. Like golf is one of the only sports where they invented a small car that goes <laughs> yeah. along with it and drives you around. <laughs> Um, so there, there is a growing proliferation of golf courses, especially in the global South. Um, this article was arguing in general that golf courses are just increasing everywhere, but that's actually not the case in, for example, the U S I don't know about Canada, but in the U S we're now in the eighth year in a row where more golf courses have been closed than are being built. But I also want to say that like a golf course being closed doesn't automatically return it to like forest no. land or anything. It's just a closed shitty golf course at that point. Um, but it is growing in other countries, especially as like the rich of other countries decide they want to play golf. Um, now 85% of nations have a golf course, at least one golf course in wow. it. Um, from the National Golf Foundation, they found that there are um, 534 new golf course projects um, as measured in 18-hole equivalents currently underway worldwide across 101 countries. Um, evidence of the game's continued expansion, whether under construction or in advanced planning, about 64 
90% of emerging golf courses projects are affiliated with resort developments. Um, mm -hmm. So Europe and Asia lead the way in courses under development. Um, notably, Vietnam has 78 golf courses and another 43 in stif different stages of development. What? So. Yeah. What is going on, homie? I know, but I, it made me sad to think about the fact that they're all associated with resorts, which are already have like terrible mm. environmental records yeah. for what they do to the land near and resorts. All but... of that money is going to American companies. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's just going to super rich people and Americans anyway, and they're just gonna like clear cut Vietnamese rainforest to make like triple the amount of golf courses they have there currently for some think, reason. My dear listeners, think of all the rare monkeys that are losing their homes because of golf yeah no yeah but what if you let the monkeys play golf on the course no. that would actually that might fix this hang on yeah i think Hold i might be that. able to sway you over your little hat <laughs> little vest they have their yes, own little, the cart. little vet. yeah they're wearing a tam i love that yeah. for them yeah they have an organ grinder um, from another article called why the decline of golf is good for the environment by decoded science they mentioned that um it's, so the number of golf courses is declining in the U.S. It's also declining for millennials in general. So less young people are playing golf, which is good. Um, and there was actually controversy in the 1990s over the rates of cancer in golf course superintendents because of the amount what? of pesticides they used to mm -hmm. maintain no. golf courses. Um, so courses are mowed every day. They're sprayed with like insane amounts of pesticide. Yeah, all round right. up. They do not allow like any living being to exist on the grasses essentially because that would ruin the golf game i guess so um the it ends up causing extreme deforestation obviously anywhere they're gonna create a hole they have to remove all the trees which causes erosion runoff and pollution of nearby water sources the loss of native wildlife species uh, and then massive algae blooms downstream from most golf courses because of all the pesticides they're using um, and in terms of Canada's golf impact, we are the number six most golf courses per capita. We have a golf course for about every 15,000 people in the yeah. country. Uh, the number one is Scotland. That's where modern golf was invented. Um, and then the U.S. has like an extreme number of golf courses just in general. They have like, I don't know, some it was something like 300,000 golf courses Jesus. or something. Um, and the next Fuck. most numerous so was like 2000 in another country but still a ton of golf courses in the west like the the top countries here are scotland new zealand australia ireland other ireland canada wales u.s sweden england so you can tell which kinds of nations play golf i did see a funny uh tweet once that was just i'm gonna start calling the global north golf playing nations to refer to the west <laughs> because you could and it's also Aside from all of this terrible environmental impact that these golf courses have and the fact that they would be very hard to rehabilitate, especially if you were logging like an old growth forest to make a golf course and then you left the golf course, you're still fucked. Um, it is known as a sport for the rich. Many clubs for golf are members only with extortionate member fees, like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And then you have to pay on top of that to play. Um, the equipment and lessons are very expensive. Um, they're often accompanied by expensive clubhouses and restaurants. Business, pe business people are known for like conducting meetings while they play golf. Um, and in searching like why do rich people like golf so much it's just because other rich people also like it so they're and amongst their people while they're playing i i'm shocked that you haven't even mentioned uh the goddamn cheeto in chief 
yeah. our, our orange president who loves golf and not doing his freaking job. That is true. <laughs> he has small hands and won't show his tax records. I yeah, actually, he's, he's got a juicy fuckable ass, too. <laughs> I do have a funny... Um, I think I sent this to the chat today while I was doing golf research, but there was one TMZ article from today with the funniest headline oh, I've yeah. seen in so long, and I want to find it. While Megan looks for that article, another aspect of golf that I think resonates with the rich people is you literally have like a slave to follow you around and carry your clubs and yeah, do all the logistical true. stuff for you. And also the fact that a lot of golf courses, which uh, oftentimes are on the grounds of country clubs, could just straight up not like let in any kind of racialized person like there were so many so many clubs that are like if you're jewish you can't join if you're black you can't join if you're you know uh asian you can't join like that was common practice for like a, a hundred years and not only that that also touches on what megan was talking about about like the the classist nature of it because of how costly it can be mm. to get your own clubs into and, and to join a club and and so on and so forth. Jesse, I guarantee there are still clubs that use oh, very course. similar tactics. Like there were some examples I was reading today of those of the private members clubs where you have to pay the hundreds of thousands of dollars. They they make you fill out application processes and they can just deny you and not tell you the reason. So like there definitely mm. is still racial discrimination happening. But I found the article and it was from TMZ today. It just says Trump hits golf ball into the water in feeble swing on own course. <laughs> which like got okay. him. Oh, that sounds like own. something he would say. <laughs> oh, that swing is so feeble. Uh, it was accompanied by a picture of him looking bad playing golf. So that's great. Pretty cool. Uh, on the note, I have a, a golf anecdote, which was Tiger Woods, who really was this groundbreaker in the professional golf association the pga partially because he was so young but also because he was an african-american golfer and he dominated the scene and there was very famously uh an incident i want to say in 2000 at the masters where tiger woods won and one of the golf commentators and i'm using the term joked here very very liberally joke that oh if tiger woods wins the masters what are they going to have for the dinner fried chicken and watermelon oh my god 2000 oh my yeah 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 Yeah, i think institutional golf like the competitions and everything is also known for being like extremely sexist and racist so oh my god i'm gonna go out on a limb golf not a sport uh it's you know at best a game uh mostly it's yeah, it's, it's like random you actually can't control where your golf ball lands that's all mm-hmm. due to chance so yeah, yeah, chance, chance wa- decides <laughs> 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 mini golf though i will say mini golf yeah. is a sport that, that yeah, is mini skill. golf is a sport that is skill uh you, you have, have to, to hit know. it between a gorilla's yeah. legs exactly or like the windmill um mario golf is coming out mario so golf that, is gonna that be is great. also a sport yeah. we golf sport we golf sport. you can control it you can waggle the stick yeah you know uh, exactly how hard you're swinging that wiimote we need to bring we golf to the uh summer olympics i agree Ooh. the only time that these games that we just said are not sports are when your girlfriend beats you uh mm-hmm. because you know how like, you take you take your girlfriend to play mini putt and she's like oh it's like a cute like summer thing you know oh, this will keep her entertained uh and then she beats you that doesn't count that yeah, has like happened say, every time we've played mini <laughs> putt, so. uh, the that's lpga is that. a sport uh so the ladies professional yep. golf association that's a sport but the pga is, that what it's is called? not the ladies yeah. not even the women's 
Okay. No, and there's also a seniors PGA where all the really old guys play. And just like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. The senior circuit is ridiculous. They all look like they're on death's door. And That's so sick. They're swinging with their oxygen tank. That's right. It's it's like a it, it's like Mario Golf. That's their power up thing. Is the oxygen <laughs> tank instead of the golf club? You can hit like an extra 200 yards. And they all sound like Toad. <laughs> <laughs> and I will also say that um, a lot of golf courses, well, especially in North America, all golf courses are built on native land, obviously. But there's also like specifically a lot built on mm-hmm. disputed indigenous land, especially like Oka was mm-hmm. a dispute over Wait, a what? golf course. So like, fucked. And also... I feel like in my research day, there was a lot um, from when I was reading from like the National Golf Foundations and other pro golf sources that were um, talking about how they have awards now for like lowered water usage and like using less pesticides and being like a solar Ah. golf course. But don't let them say that because the like very nature of having a golf course requires you to cut down all the trees and completely remove all the Mm -hmm. nature from the area so there's no way to make this sustainable i know it started in scotland and they were just like hitting it over the rocks and like sure do that if you're already living in somewhere that's just a bunch of rocks and little there's nothing to do i understand for sure but like as an institution, I think it's extremely exclusionary and boring and dumb and really bad for the environment. And I really see no redemption in the golf zone. So fuck golf yeah. is uh, my a brief word to thing. our Scottish uh, listeners. Uh, I'm demanding an apology for this <laughs> and what you and your people have done. Uh, you will not be forgiven. Uh, and I, you know, as much as it pains me to say this, uh, I hope you don't uh, get independence. This is your, <laughs> this is your Saint George's cross to bear. Uh, you're gonna fall into the ocean, uh, you, along with the sceptered isle, uh, and uh, it's what you deserve. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like Wales also was like a big rocky outcropping with nothing to do, and they didn't invent a racist sport, so no, they just clearly do sheep better. instead. <laughs> yeah, and did you know that sixty-one uh, percent of all Welsh residents regularly participate in sport, Dean? So, <laughs> all right, well, there you go. Let's are. keep that in mind. Uh, <laughs> this is a Welsh Pride podcast. Uh, we hate every country and every nation because they are all illegitimate, except for Wales. That's and right. Taiwan. Yeah. That's, well. And Taiwan. I haven't committed to that yet. I have to see what John Cena does. <laughs> That's true. Wales, Taiwan, and Palestine. I just got a notification <laughs> from Wikipedia. Sorry. Uh, I have a new message. Uh, hello, and welcome to Wikipedia. I noticed you made a change to an article. The Next Step 2013 <laughs> TV series, but didn't provide a reliable source. What is happening? <laughs> Did, Did you, you do, do that? that? I don't... I've never heard of this. <laughs> There's 300 people in this cast. What's happening? I just wanted to look up Welsh sport. <laughs> what the fuck is the next step? I don't know. Sorry, that was a little bit of inside baseball for you. I'm still mad that, like, all these resorts being built, too, that are in containing golf courses are just for American tourists in general. So this is just mm-hmm. for, like, Western tourists going everywhere and m- turning everything into golf courses and then playing golf. Yeah. Ugh. Um, especially, you know, someone flying to Vietnam uh, to play golf 
uh, is probably doing so uh, under very savory circumstances. See, there's a reason why all those... Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, I forgot about all the prostitution problems. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to... Western people doing that. To the Philippines, play a round of golf, and then meet my definitely of legal age <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> That's right. You know all those photos, too, of people playing golf while a massive forest fire happens in the background? Yeah, notice how it's always golf, because golfers are like that fuck them well it'd be hard to play hockey with a forest fire going on yeah but the ice well why would that be well because the the ice might melt yeah but what if the fire turns the sand trap into glass then you've got basically (laughs) glass is just a form of ice so then you're playing future golf where all the sand traps are ice or glass man my brain's broken i really tried yeah i think if you're like it Okay, you want to prove that golf is a real sport? Play golf in a forest, not in a field. If you can do it yeah, while there's wanna, trees everywhere, you want to. That's prove just frisbee golf. golf. Yeah, want to prove golf is a sport? Light the ball on fire. Oh, like yeah. hot before shots before you hit it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fucking cool. I wish right. I had an actual campaign to like bring down golf. I don't know what to do other than don't play golf and just you Megan, know what they should do. Email your is, your representative saying fuck golf. That's it. What they should do, Megan. What you should do is you hire like you tell people there's a, like a new like skeet shooting range, mm-hmm. and you bring them to the golf course and they just shoot down the balls as they fly in the air. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I have one final thing. This is related only tangentially to the John Cena China story. Mm-hmm. So we were wondering who would raise the American flag to combat the new Chinese turncoat John Cena. I actually have a name for you. And this is one I guarantee nobody has ever heard of before. There is a man who wrestled under the name of Drake Younger in the early 2000s, and he was what was known as a deathmatch wrestler. So that means having matches with like barbed wire, glass, fire, weed whackers, Jesus. Uh, like forms of saws and drills. I'm not kidding. You can look this all up. He got hired about four or five years ago by the WWE, the biggest wrestling company in the world, to be a referee. And you know what? At the time, this was seen as a great thing because, as you could imagine, someone who spent their life doing death matches, uh, Mr. Younger had a pretty serious substance abuse issue, but he got help, he got himself clean, and he found a new passion, which was, of course, refereeing wrestling matches. Well, unfortunately, he then found a newer passion about a year and a half ago, and it's one we've talked about on this show before, and it all revolves around one specific letter. I think you might know what that letter is. N. F. Uh, give me a Q, folks. Drake oh. got really into QAnon. There are a lot of letters that we have. <laughs> I thought yeah, both me and Chance had a good shot of getting it. That was a lot the of very important letters. Very important letters floating around. So, Mr. Drake Younger, who is, for some reason, rechristened Drake Wirtz. I don't know why they gave him that stage name. That's objectively way worse. Either way, uh, he gets really into QAnon. At first, it's, of course, through the world of Flat Earth, which is a great start. Uh, And he keeps it fairly quiet, for the most part. People aren't exactly receptive to these ideas. But then in 2020, with the COVID-19 global pandemic, he, of course, hops onto the anti-masker train. 
And at various times throughout 2020, he would cut these insane diatribes about how, you know, being forced to wear a mask is akin to like a forced sterilization program. Uh, You know, the standard like right wing crank stuff. Because if no ladies can see my mouth, I'm never going to have kids. Look at this. Uh, It's interesting that you mentioned kids. Everybody I need. Uh oh. Because these two things, the anti-mask and the QAnon, of course, merge together. And back in April, uh, our friend Drake was the center of a backstage story where he had uh, missed a day of work so that he could attend a school conference town hall. So like his kid's school district was doing, you know, like a parent teacher call thing. And he showed up to this video call wearing a WWE branded shirt. And he proceeded to go on a long diatribe about how uh, if children are forced to wear masks in school, you cannot tell Uh, if they are being sexually abused by their parents or someone else because they are not able to speak about it and give, uh, you know, (laughs) facial signals. Yeah. Uh, He responded to the outrage of this cause by writing, my wife said some folks are apparently upset about my radical views. Human trafficking is modern day slavery and we seek to eradicate it. Abortion is murder and needs to be abolished. Children in my community that are being forced by local governments to wear masks for eight hours a day against their parents' wishes is abuse. We have a God-ordained duty to speak up for the least of these and petition our magistrates to prevent harm to children. If this is radical, then label me an extremist for Christ. Which is okay. a label I don't think you want to have. Uh, Christian extremists famously have not done anything wrong. That's ever right. In history. So this actually ended up getting him fired because he just kept showing up to these like school events wearing the shirt of his employer and spouting off these unhinged conspiracy theories. And I think this is the perfect person to go toe-to-toe with Chinese turncoat John Cena because there's nothing more American than a man who spent years of his life hooked on opioids because he couldn't stop doing jackass-inspired stunts, who is rallying against the government and mask mandates, and is a proud American and, of course, a Christian extremist. Yeah, no, I buy that. I cannot wait to see uh, Drake Younger, QAnon, anti-mask, anti-abortion lunatic, uh, throw John Cena into a trampoline made of barbed wire, which is a real thing that they have in matches, and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's how we so- solve this massive world conflict, is just through a WWE wrestling match. Oh, WWE would never do barbed wire. This is a CZW, Combat Zone Wrestling, which I think is also a fitting, because what what is the world but a combat zone? And what is wrestling but uh, two guys, both of whom can't take their shirt off at a pool, throwing each other into a (laughs) weed whacker and burning barbed wire? So that's it for me today, but before we go into the final throws of the episode, Dean, Megan, you guys have some news. Yeah, so um, we're very sad to say, but we are leaving for the summer. Um, We will hopefully be here for some episodes. Uh, We're going to pop in every once in a while as the sketch allows, but um, it won't be as regular as weekly. Uh, So don't know about next week yet. We'll have to play it by ear. But Chance and Jesse are going to be doing some fun (laughs) episodes and content. Uh, yeah i i was gunning to leave the show forever i've been trying to do that for a long time uh but i lost the coin toss so we actually we we do have to do the show forever but the compromise was 
that we get to pop in and out this summer. Uh, now, Megan, do you want to share what we're doing this summer? This this special secret project that we're working on, or is this a joke, or should I actually say what? I just thought we could do a joke. Guys. Yeah, give, <laughs> give the license plate friend. and and make of your vehicle as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, like I uh, am hoping to uh, be. I don't know what should, should we say that we're hunting for cryptids? Should we say that we're uh, helping Andrew Chris Shears' Sky. campaign? Uh, You're going province to province on the premier elimination tour, funded <laughs> yeah, by, of yeah. course, Chris Sky. Yeah, no, I th yeah. Let's take that again. Uh, yeah, so uh, we are, of course, uh, joining our our friend Chris Sky uh, uh, as as uh, he as he goes province to province on the the premier elimination tour. Uh, uh, parody satire <laughs> please we're not actually going to kill premiers. <laughs> but uh yeah uh jesse and chance can you tell the folks what they have to look forward to over the next few months oh god uh you know what <laughs> the parents are going away so it's gonna be one of those shows it's gonna be cake for dinner every single night of the week <laughs> uh i imagine our show is gonna get a lot more let's say explicit because Megan isn't there to cut out the segments where, you know, usually me, but sometimes chance, uh, say Jesse insane things. Chance, don't get us arrested challenge. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. we're going to be on a list. There's no doubt about that. That's non-negotiable. But that we list already top podcasts in Canada. Mm, that's that's right, right, baby. Also shoot on site. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, I do just want to note that by the time this episode comes out, it'll be one year since the aftermath of the George Floyd murder and the protests and rallies we've seen around the world since then. Obviously, we're not going to go in depth on that with like a minute left of the episode, but I just wanted to mark the significance of that date and also just say that uh i'm so incredibly in awe of all the organizers who have set up these incredible events in the year since and continue to fight against the police state fight against white supremacy and uh you guys are a massive inspiration to me and it's obviously an incredible shame that it took the death of an innocent human being to spur such a resurgence in social justice but it's been really incredible to see what people have managed to get accomplished through direct action. So I just wanted to, to add that in at the end of the episode. And uh, thank you all, of course, for listening. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. And we'll be uh, talking to you soon. Yeah. Oh, sad. Of course. Bye-bye. All right. Adios.